Hey guys, this is M jumping in here just to let you know that if you're listening to this podcast on or after January 16th, 2024, I have a new book out. It's called Old Time Religion. I'll put a little link in the show notes just in case you're interested. It's the sequel to the book that I wrote last May, Dionysus in Wisconsin, and it's basically more of the same, an urban fantasy type romp around Madison, Wisconsin in the early part of 1970. Um, there's, you know, sex, drugs, rock and roll, a musical version of Macbeth, and a little bit of Welsh mythology. So if that sounds like something you're into, please check it out. And otherwise, have a great day and keep it medieval. Veni, veni, venias, and welcome to our podcast. Good evening, and welcome to Ask a Medievalist. I'm M, the Ask portion of our program, and joining me tonight, as always, is Dr. Jesse Noose. Hello! So last time, I think you'll remember, we talked about cleanliness. Yay! And we talked a lot specifically about bathing and public yep. baths throughout history and, oh gosh. They're important. Um, yeah, they Even really private are. baths. Yeah. Private baths. And tonight, we're going to talk about two different things. First, we're going to talk about toothbrushes, which I think we sort of teased at the end of the last episode. And then we're going to yes. talk about how did the water get to these baths? Yes. Or um, plumbing. Right. <laughs> Yay. I'm thinking um, for those of us who own houses, plumbing yes. is one of the most frustrating things because, A, there's a lot of stuff that can go wrong. B, plumbers are really expensive. <laughs> and C, um, you always look at a plumbing problem and you think, that looks like something I could probably solve myself. And you but can if you're willing to make seven trips to the hardware store to get the right size whatever. Or right. <laughs> you can wedge yourself into the bizarre shape of whatever space you have under your sink. Or right. you have like the hand strength of an elephant. This is where my oh, I fall apart at that part. Like I can I will go to the yeah. hardware store and I can fit under sinks, but my hands are not strong enough to open some types of valves that have been like wet like like yeah. our water is so hard that that things just oh, get Oh god, stuck. yes. So Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, we're going to talk about stuff like that. Okay. Yeah. Cool. This is fun. Um, but first, we should say cuz we haven't um, the final, of course, thing about being clean, in addition to bathing and washing your hair and clothes and soap, is cleaning your teeth, as we yes. all know. It is this a is a very important thing. Yes. You start it very um, young with your kids. So Yes. Uh, so we should mention that people have also always done this. Oh, good. Um, and it is, yeah. So it's not like, again, it's not like people didn't know, right? Mm -hmm. Um and it's worth pointing out that, as with all things, it's partly excess and actually partly, like, genetics and stuff, apparently, right? Oh. Um, yeah, that's true. Yeah, I some... do have friends who have said they are, like, more genetically predisposed to getting cavities and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It turns out, like, your saliva, some people's is more acidic or more 
basic or I don't know, various <laughs> things like this. <laughs> okay. Um, and, and, and it can make a huge difference. So even regardless of what you eat or drink, of course, etc., some people are just more prone and less prone, um, which is really interesting. So a lot of people who don't really have cavities it may not, you know, mean that you're particularly good at dental hygiene. It may mean you just have like sort of you're just saliva. lucky. Yeah, basically. Like so many other things in life. <laughs> yes. You have yes. tooth Not privileges. purely lucky, but yes, that there is, right? Because some people can, you know, floss and brush and everything and da-da-da and still, of course, get cavities mm-hmm. just because, yeah. So, um, as with all things, this this is true. But, um, yeah, cleaning your teeth has been around forever. This is also partly, you know, because of breath, right? Mm -hmm. The idea of having good breath. I think it's one of those, again, sort of stereotypes of the past that everyone had terrible breath because they're all like eating raw onions and then whatever. Yeah. Um, This is, of course, not true because any more than it is today, at least. Well, Shakespeare has a poem, right, where he's like making fun of his mistress and says that she has bad breath. Yeah. So it was definitely oh, something Shakespeare, that was notable, right? Yeah, sweet breath and bad breath. These are things that Shakespeare talks about a lot. His characters talk about a lot. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so it's a really sort of funny <laughs> reminder, actually, that this is something that has been a big deal since long before there were, like, Trident commercials or whatever. <laughs> so... Altoids. Even yes. before Altoids. Yes, exactly. Um, so... Uh, some of the earliest evidence that has been found, and this is another thing, of course, because these are the types of things that are hard to find potentially, right? Mm -hmm. Because they're probably like wood or something and they will disappear. But um, in, once again, Samaria, right? So Mesopotamia, Southern Mesopotamia, um, 3,500 to 3,000 BCE. So that's, you know, more than 5,000 years ago. Um, Chew sticks, and toothpicks have been found, right? So toothpicks, of course, we know what they are. A chew stick is a stick, right, um, from a tree of something, you know, that's probably medicinal mm-hmm. or tasty in some way, like a sort of root, you know, like chewing on a, um, like a root of ginger or something, right? Um, okay. But it would be more of a stick, like a tree, right? Because you chew it, chew it, chew it, and it... It's sort of what, how dogs clean their teeth, right? Mm-hmm. Chew sticks, right? And then, so you chew it, and that would sort of help you clean your teeth, and then you'd probably scrape it. You'd scrape it along your teeth with the end okay. you chewed flat. And the other end you might whittle into a point for a toothpick. Mm-hmm. Um, but toothpicks could also be quills, feathers, bristles, any number of things, mm-hmm. right? Um, and they prove that things are toothpicks basically by finding, like, dental plaque and stuff on them, I think. So <laughs> I have a friend um, who theorized that some cultures are toothpick cultures and some cultures are like dental floss cultures. I think that's fair. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it goes back to like what's available. If you have mm-hmm. like high fiber plants available versus spiny things, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> right. But yeah, so chew sticks are still used actually in a lot of places. Um, like the Arabian Peninsula. Oh, um, okay. Yeah. Islamic and Jewish texts both discuss oral hygiene. Um, so this was also something that, you know, of course, makes it into... Mm-hmm. We talked about ritual bathing last time. Cleaning your teeth is also part of this. Right? Okay. Um, 
So it's also worth pointing out, like, this is something that lasted, as I said, still lasts in a lot of parts of the world, but definitely lasted sort of all the way through even the Victorian era, really, in Europe, or even into the early 20th century, mm-hmm. um, where two sticks were sort of a thing, right? You'd sort of clean your mouth with it. And um, and St. Apollonia, we definitely have to mention. <laughs> uh, She's a martyr. Yeah. I feel like she may have come up in a previous episode briefly. Yes, I think so. Because there's a famous miniature of a play about her. And we don't really know what the play was, but it's obviously a play about her. Okay. Because this person's on a board having their teeth pulled. Um, And that's what happened to her. (laughs) Yikes. Um, She had, yeah, she had all her teeth pulled in torture. Okay, um, I that was is how say, it killed like, her. As part of the martyrdom, martyrdom process. Yes, specifically. Yes, exactly. Because yeah. her, yeah. there's a picture, like her icon has teeth yes or something in it, right? Yes, yes. She's always, she's always. I mean, she's pretty much always holding a tooth. Everyone's always holding their thing, so she's holding a tooth. Yeah. And sometimes, what is basically a pair of pliers, although. I guess you'd say proto pliers, <laughs> but <laughs> um, but pliers haven't changed much. No. Over the years. So, um, but yeah, because that's, you know, because she Thanks. had all her teeth pulled. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, that's, so that's St. Apollonia. Um, she is the patron saint of toothaches and dentistry and oral hygiene and things like that. Yes. Okay. Um, and she is from, she's martyred in sort of the mid 200s. Um, CE. So she's longstanding. She was really popular in the Middle Ages. Um, for sort of obvious reasons, because again, dentistry was terrible. Yeah. Um, again, you know, it's one of those funny things that it hasn't changed as much as it. The thing that has changed is that there's anesthesia. <laughs> like, right. Dentistry hasn't changed so much. Like, um, oral surgery has, right. obviously. But we mentioned last time, I think, that they're, um, like, they found skeletons you know, with, like, gold filigree sort of wiring the jaw together. So, um, and it's basically something you would, yeah. Yeah, and it's sort of, it's more or less something you would see today in a lot of ways. It's just, you know. Um, So, yeah, it's one of those things that sort of has changed and sort of hasn't as much as you would think it had. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of the tools, again, are maybe a little more similar than than you'd think. Um, Better made and made out of different materials and all that stuff today, but still. Um, so what I understand is that I'm about to reveal that I had a really nerdy moment and went down a rabbit hole on this. But oh, like, yes. So when you go to fill a tooth, which obviously like at some point they didn't bother to do that. They just pulled out the tooth. So that right. we do have like drills and stuff. But like one big advancement was that they designed special shapes that are like you can think of them like 3D puzzle pieces that they can make the filling so that it won't pop out of your tooth. Aha! So, like, yes. as our tools, as the tools have gotten smaller and more precise, they've been yes. able to do that so that you can have, t- like, I have yes. fillings that I've had, I don't know, since I was, like, 16 or something. Right. And, like, probably right. eventually I'll have to get them replaced, but they don't randomly pop out of my teeth or something because they can do all these right. special jigsaw shapes. Yes. So. Yeah. <laughs> um it's also really, you know, we have mentioned probably as well a little bit, um, this is one of the things that Tomb Raiders would be after, right? Because, again, this is the sort of thing that has been around for a very long time. Gold and silver and things would be used to 
either fill teeth, actually, mm-hmm. sometimes, or um, replace teeth, right? If you were rich enough, obviously. <clears throat> and so, um, yeah, it's the sort of thing that Tomb Raiders would go after. Wow. Um, or, you know, grave robbers, I guess. Has anybody is what we talked call them to if, if you're not in ancient Egypt? <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, yes, if you're not in ancient Egypt, I think we call them grave robbers, but <laughs> which they are anyway, even if it's right. a tomb, it's still, you're still a grave robber. But, um, I want to give a shout out here to um, Our Flag Means Death, which is an awesome, awesome show about queer pirates in which Taika Waititi plays Blackbeard. And um, <laughs> one one of the episodes, um, Blackbeard's crew is giving lessons on piracy to another crew. And um, one As of the lessons does. is to, yes, and one of the lessons is to do things like, you know, after you like kill a Spanish Navy person or a British Navy person, whoever it is that they've just... Um, that you, yeah, search their mouths for fillings. <laughs> Which, of course, this is the time period that that was absolutely true. You, yeah. you certainly would. So, um... Sound? It looked like late, late 1700s. Yeah, I mean, it's it's spot on for the time period. Okay. Um, so, um, when was Blackbeard alive? Let's see. Um, and him to teach. Yeah. Um, but it is, it is one of those, like, funny, um, yeah. It says that he was around 1680 to 1718 for Blackbeard. Oh, okay. Um, it also actually centers on another guy who's who is also real. Um, yeah, Steed Bonnet, 1688 to 1718. Um, okay. Yeah, so there you go. So, um, anyway. That's so... our little plug. We're not getting paid by HBO Max, but... Nope, Taika. but it's awesome. Everyone should check it out. We want it to be renewed. Yeah. <laughs> Taika, we'll, we'll plug your stuff. We like you. Oh, of course. Yeah. Are you kidding? Yeah, we're already excited about Thor 4. Anyway. Okay. Um, <laughs> great it's soundtrack. Beginning to be a different podcast. Yes. Yes. Sorry. <laughs> so anyways, um, we should say, however, that um, one of the sort of funny things about, um, you know, precious metals and so on, of course, we will come back to this, but this is one of the things they're really good for, right? In tiny quantities, they are very good because they last. They don't poison you. Um <laughs> And, um, the only problem is that after one's death or something similar, that they can then be desired by people. Um, but yes, that is a thing that would happen, right? That, yeah, that they would pop out. You'd have to go get it redone and melt it down, redone. Um, and so, yeah, we are glad that things have moved on. Yeah. Um, but we should also say that tooth... The first toothbrush that we would recognize as such, which is, say, brush and not a stick, a chew stick, right? Um, so a brush with bristles. As far as we know, the first one, I think, that has been found um, is from China. Um, Tang Dynasty, probably around 600s. Okay. Um, early part of, you know. Um, so 600s, common era. Used hog bristles. Um, and did sort of, as an invention, make it around the Silk Road, (laughs) um, but didn't fully replace two sticks. As I said, for a very long time, people would sort of do both. Um, and so there's a sort of interesting thing that today we obviously view brushing as very important Mm -hmm. as opposed to like scraping with a stick, but... Obviously, with brushing, then you need toothpaste, right? With a chew stick, 
the stick you have chosen is going to be something, again, that's kind of medicinal or herby. <laughs> um, and therefore does what the toothpaste does, which is mm -hmm. deal with your breath, right? Um, but toothpaste has existed since ancient Egypt, Greece, Rome. Really? They all had toothpastes. Yeah. Um, and it really was, it was essentially, <laughs> like today, um, for breath and for whitening your teeth. That is what it was for. Okay. Um, so originally, sort of Egypt, Greece, Rome, it would be an abrasive. Mm -hmm. So crushed eggshells, pumice, ashes, charcoal was added eventually and is still in use in or some toothpastes. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. I can't. Okay. It's funny. I can't believe that any of this stuff tastes really good. Like, I was no, well, thinking of, like, trying to brush my teeth with baking soda, and that's awful. Right. But, like, yes. pumice ash? Right. Oh, no, thank you. Yep. Well, um, they do <laughs> add stuff. So, um, oh, they're also crushed bones and oyster shells is another thing. Um, Trachula, who we've mentioned before, right? Medieval woman. Um, you know, medicine. Mm -hmm. Doctor, essentially. Um, she mentions walnut shells. Okay. Which might have been used for whitening. Okay. Um, but anyway, a lot of these things then, you would also mix them with herbs and spices. Okay. Um, and eventually there are also some that just recommend herbs and spices ground into a powder and just using that. But of course, then that is for your breath and not really for whitening. So the idea is to mix them together, right? So that you get for your breath and also for whitening. <laughs> Um, which is a thing that we still get today, famously. Yeah. Right. You can find things that's like scope plus whitening or mm -hmm. whatever, right? If you want your teeth to be as white as the outside of your refrigerator, use our product. Right. Yes. And never drink coffee again. Ha ha. Right. <laughs> Sorry. But yes. Exactly. You gotta choose. Do you want, yep. do you want the Hollywood smile or do you want <laughs> to be coffee. alive inside? Yes. Coffee. <clears throat> yeah. Um, Yay. Okay. But yeah. So um, anyway, so that is that is for the cleaning and the dentistry. Um, yeah. Which again is, it's sort of intriguing that it's a little more, um, a little more along the lines, I think, of what we're familiar with. Yeah. At least more than we would expect, maybe. Right. Um, I think it, probably a lot of people assume the toothbrush is a modern invention. Which it, it is definitely not. seems like it should be. I mean, yep. Nope. Even the in... modern part is the plastic, of course. So in Shakespeare in Love, um, there's a scene where the nurse hands the Juliet character like a stick. I think. Yeah, the two stick. You got to clean your teeth. Yeah, yeah. Yep. And I think that's what everybody sort of. I don't know. If you think that people clean their teeth, maybe most people right. don't believe that. Um, that's kind of what you think of, right? Is, mm -hmm. you know, yeah, something very rudimentary seeming. Yeah. But again, two sticks worked real well. And a lot of places they're still in use. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, cool. and yeah, brushes, you know, again, so it, it sort of made its way along the Silk Road. Um, the brush, the toothbrush. And, you know, different places added different things. Hog bristles were always solid, but, you know, different places sort of added different things. Um, but yeah, it wasn't, I think partly, right, the sort of ease of mass producing 
in a way that a medicinal stick cannot be. <laughs> yeah. Right? Whereas, but a plastic toothbrush can be. I think that's really what changed our habits, ultimately. Hmm. Yeah. Um, because previously the toothbrush would have been um, harder to make than mm-hmm. a chew stick. And now it's easier, right? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, there's something sort of interesting about that. longer, right? Like, how many times can you use one chew stick versus right. a toothbrush for, like, three three months or something? Right. I mean, I suppose, you know, depending on the length of the chew stick, you'd sort of cut it off and keep using it until it wore down, right? Oh, sure. Yeah. Like, like, like sharpening a pencil or something. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Um, yep. But, all right, so that is cleaning your teeth. Um, and, of course, to clean your teeth, you need water. Okay. Um, so where, where are you getting this water? Well, possibly from a well or other things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but <laughs> plumbing has been around. Also for thousands and thousands of years. Like okay. thousands and thousands of years. So um, I figured we'd actually start with the word plumbing. Um, it comes from the Latin word for lead. Um, oh. Plumbers. Yeah. Which everybody um, will probably remember high school chemistry that the abbreviation yes. for lead is PB. Yep. Which does not mean peanut butter. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It means lead. Do not yes. eat. Yes, one of them is toxic. Yeah. <laughs> um, yes, exactly. And that's why, because it's Latin. And that is the periodic table. It's it's all Latin. Yep. So um, plumbers were people who worked with lead, right? So you think of like silversmiths, goldsmiths, mm-hmm. plumbers, right? So a plumber originally is someone who works with lead. <laughs> okay. Eventually, of course, the thing that they become best known for is making lead pipes which mm-hmm. is why ah. today that is what they do so they started yeah. off if you needed a lead i don't know a lead tablet or a lead mm-hmm. i don't know yeah a die well lead weights hat for your game yes but lead weights were actually a big thing okay um so if you think of like to plumb the depths of mm-hmm. something that's from lead the the plumb right oh, the weight okay the lead weight yeah okay um and we say, like, to plumb if something is true, like if it's straight, mm-hmm. right? Um, the plumb line, which, again, is because it used to be a line that was weighted down Wait, by lead, lead weight. weight. Okay. Yeah. Now we have little air bubbles and stuff to tell us if things are... <laughs> <laughs> yes. But, you know, back in the day. Yeah. So all those words are actually related because of lead. Um, but plumber and plumbing came eventually to be specifically... Um, lead pipes. Now, of course, plumbers don't make the pipe, which is probably PVC <laughs> anyway, um, but they, you know, put them together yeah. for your house <laughs> and attach them to the sewers and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Um, but yeah, so that's where it comes from. Um, it's, and so the next thing is I'm going to dispel, a, you know, I don't know, one of those, it's not an urban myth exactly, but it is... Vastly overstated, because some dude in, like, the early 80s, I think, mm-hmm. I don't know, um, wrote this article that was like, Rome fell because of lead poisoning. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, yeah. And everyone was like, well, maybe not. And eventually, it's it's been debunked at this point. Okay. Right? They've actually done some really interesting studies where they have 
they did this in England, so they haven't done as much in Rome, but um, they tested all these skeletons from, like, Roman Britain. Mm -hmm. And some of the skeletons, you know, came from Rome, and some didn't, and some this, some that. And so they sort of checked the lead levels, and some of them had higher lead levels, some of them didn't. Um, And there were various ways to read it, and then they were also like, well, but bones can actually soak up lead after death, so, you know, if there's lead in the soil, that can contaminate the... Um, My only thought is just that when you go to Rome, if you take any sort of tour, the tour guide is like, here are all these Roman fountains that you can drink out of. So if Well, none of those have lead lead going to them. Yeah. No, none of those have lead going to them. Yeah. Um, So it's worth pointing out, first off, that the Romans knew that lead was toxic. (laughs) Okay. That is smart. So that's number one. Um, so number two, um, Vitruvius actually wrote about Vitruvius is the same time, right? He's the time of Augustus. Mm-hmm. So around, so he crosses the year zero. Okay. <laughs> Basically. Um, and he actually wrote that water conducted through earthen pipes, like clay pipes, mm-hmm. right? Is better because, because the lead is toxic. Oh. Right. Um, and people who work with lead, plumbers, of course, um, are, you know, pale and the fumes bother them, you know, and all this mm-hmm. stuff. So they definitely knew sort of about toxic lead, lead poisoning. Um, there's some interesting things to point out. So first of all, the Romans did know this. So there were a lot of clay pipes. Secondly, the major aqueducts are stone. Um, right. They were sometimes sheathed in lead. Okay. But a few things happen one is because the water's always moving Mm -hmm. it doesn't necessarily pick it up secondly calcium deposits so you mentioned deposits in your pipes yes a hard water yeah yes so calcium deposits would cover coat the inside of the pipes Ah. so pretty quickly and they chip away at them you know but they you couldn't clean it completely obviously so actually it formed a protective coating a lot of the time so a lot of things even if they were lead <laughs> were protectively coated with calcium deposits okay um yeah so it's very unlikely that the lead pipes did a ton of damage more um worrisome is like lead pots when they use lead pots instead of copper or things like that um, because if you're boiling things with them for a long time, then you might get lead. People have tried to do experiments and have come up with varied results that, you know, it's hard to know. Um, but again, it's worth pointing out that only certain people would have been doing those things or had access to the things that were boiled in these pots. Sure. So, um... You know, it's a little unclear because they certainly did know what lead poisoning was and they knew sort of what the effects were. So if they had noticed in any way that like after eating a lot of the syrup, you know, from boiling up fruit in a lead pot, that stuff started to happen to people, like they definitely would have stopped. Mm -hmm. So it's a little unclear. Um, It is quite possible that people in the past had, in, in a lot of places had more lead in their systems than we consider safe today, for sure. Um, but we also have sort of talked, like, last time, that the pollutants that we get in our systems today, <laughs> you know, yeah. like, etc. Plus, of course, lead is still a huge frickin' problem. Um, one of the things that actually happened, I think, with, with Flint, um, there had... 
the water that they had been using was fine originally. Yes, because but it was because it was I don't know what the chemical reaction was with the water, but it was sort of similar, right? Mm. It wasn't that it had necessarily coated the pipes in calcium deposits, but it was sort of similar, right? It didn't um, sort of absorb lead in the same way. Yeah. And the, then the water that they switched to... Somehow did. it was more acidic or something, and it... Yeah. Right. Yeah. It messed it up. And, yes. And so, and then that, you know, and blah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so that... That is also a, a reminder today, first of all, that, like, why can't they, I mean, they need to just shut it all down and build them new pipes. But secondly, that even with lead pipes, that it can be fine mm-hmm. <laughs> if the water is okay. Like, if the water is the right water, yeah. it can still be okay. Yeah, well, I think um, at the time yeah. there was a study that a lot of municipalities nationwide still have lead pipes yes and yes actually madison is one of a few places that doesn't which oh, is wow. cool surprising but yeah there you go city that's of interesting got one thing right <laughs> yay <laughs> awesome um but yeah so anyway so that's the sort of big thing that's out there um and it's yeah anyway so lead poisoning did not bring down rome and also Good. <laughs> it's not clear. It's not clear to what extent Romans were affected by lead poisoning, and the extent that they were, it probably was not from the water and the lead pipes, but from other things like the pots. Um. Yeah. So there we are. All right. Um. So that's plumbing. That is our discussion of plumbing. We'll get to actual Roman plumbing in a sec, but that's our discussion, sort of, of the word, where it comes from, of lead. <laughs> Of all those things. Um, okay, so history of plumbing. Yes. Um, so yeah, we're starting in um, the Indus Valley. Which I gotta say is one of my favorite ancient civilizations. Yes. I mean, they did amazing stuff. Um, so yeah, this is Harappa. The sort of Harappan Indus Valley civilization. Mm-hmm. Um, I would like to point out that Wikipedia has an entire article on the sanitation of the Indus Valley civilization. Yeah. Nice. Which tells you something. Um, so the major cities of, you know, even sort of pre-Harappan civilization, like we're talking by 4,000 BCE. So this is 6,000 wow. years ago. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So plumbing has been around for a very long time. Right. I mean, this is when major cities begin to emerge, mm-hmm. right? So, four thousand BCE, six thousand years ago. So, as um, soon as somebody had the idea, let's all build our houses in the same place so we can hang out, and somebody else was yes. like, "Hey, wouldn't it be cool if we like built some pipes that could let us?" Yep. I don't know. Bring water <laughs> to our houses so we didn't have to go to the well every day. Yes, and also drain some of the other stuff that we do every day. Yes. Away from the houses. Yeah. Seems useful. Which, yes, and that is, of course, the big thing about plumbing, really, that we care about when we have our houses. We want the hot water and the cold water, and we want our toilets to flush. Yes. Basically, right? (laughs) I mean, these are the things we want. Um, So, yeah, um, Indus Valley, in their major cities, like Harappa, they have found... Um, drainage systems. So this is, of course, for any number of things, including, like, rainwater and stuff like that, so you don't get flooded out. 
Um, sewage systems, which is, of course, as aforementioned, sewage. Waste, yeah. Wastewater, yeah. Yes. Um, sitting toilets, meaning toilets that you sit on, meaning toilets. <laughs> but you think of them, yeah. Right. But obviously, as opposed to like a hole in the ground or just going outside in a ditch. Mm-hmm. Right. Like an outhouse. So this is you know, a step that's... above like the chamber pot that everybody in Europe used for hundreds yes. of years. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, things went downhill for a while. Yeah. It makes me think, um, I mean, as these things always do, right? But it makes me think of, um, there's this brilliant moment in Sense and Sense, that Sense and Sense, oh my gosh, Pride and Prejudice, um, the Kellen Firth, Jennifer L. Pride and Prejudice, where um, Charlotte is showing Lizzie around the, her cottage mm-hmm. and the closet, um, how Kat, Catherine, Lady Catherine de Bourgh has suggested that you put shelves in the closet so as not to waste space. Mm. Um, and Lizzie says, shelves in the closet? You know, how thoughtful or interesting or something. You know, she's clearly being sarcastic. And I love it because they don't explain it. <laughs> they just they trust that the audience either gets it or doesn't get yeah. it. Because, of course, today, that is what closets are for. <laughs> we put things in them. But obviously, if we think of the fact that the British still call their toilets, like, water closets, or their bathrooms, water closets. Yes. We will slowly realize that, like, that is not the only thing that closets were for originally, um, was putting things in. They were for chamber pots. That is where you put it, right? was in the closet. And obviously, you wouldn't put shelves in there, because anything you put in there would then smell of the chamber pot. Yeah. Um, yes. <laughs> so. Those of us um, who have cat boxes are familiar with yes. this feeling. Indeed. Yes. Ah, the litter box. It's a it problem. is very similar. Yeah. Yep. Um, shout out to Deadpool. <laughs> In the oh, litter box. Yeah. Kitty litter. Anyway. So, yes. Um, but yeah. And of course, that is what people used to do without the helpful kitty litter part unfortunately <laughs> that would have probably helped a little bit yeah um but anyway yeah so yes toilets have been around also forever not for you know but for a very long time for civilization for as long as civilization meaning cities have been around basically um you know granted we can push cities kind of back maybe even to nine thousand or ten thousand so okay it did take a while for toilets but mm-hmm. they've been around for a very long time um so, yeah, but that, of course, is the point. Where there are toilets, you need a sewage system. <laughs> like, yes. you can't... A toilet, that's what puts a, sets the toilet apart from something like an outhouse or a hole in the ditch or whatever, right? Is is a sewage system, right? Which is to say that you can pour water down it and it will essentially flush. Mm-hmm. So it may not be an automatic mechanical flush, but you can wash it away and trust that then it will be carried away. Which is, you know, yeah. really impressive. Um, so they had, so they had drainage, sewage, toilets, um, and running water, which of course is important. Um, so they, actually for an ancient civilization. Yeah. Oh my God. They, they built like the Romans built basically. (laughs) So slightly smaller scale basically, but, um, but thousands of years earlier too. Yes. Yeah. You know, 4,000 ish years earlier, basically. Um, so they, yeah, um, 
they had, you know, a, what we would call today a sewer system, mm-hmm. right? Um, so they had water infrastructure that, you know, took waste water and drainage water out of the home. <laughs> um, and it was diverted it through underground pipes that eventually took it out of the city and basically plopped it into cisterns and stuff out of the city. Hmm. So basically kind of like septic tanks and so stuff. They- they managed right. they managed it too like it's not just get it out of your house right. it's get it out of the nope. city put it somewhere yes. it can be taken yep. care of that that's pretty yes. intense yeah um and so all of the houses or certainly like most of the houses it wasn't even just the like only the rich rich houses so mm-hmm. most of the houses in the city in um harappa had drains um in the bathroom Okay. That connected to larger sewage outlets, which then channeled the sewage out of the city, right? right? So the bathrooms of these houses um, would have a drain that would take everything out of it, join up to a main sewer in the street that was covered by brick slabs or arches. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there were manholes so that you could clean the sewers, the big sewers. Okay. <laughs> Um, and then the drains would sort of flow out, um, out of, out of the city. Yeah. This is really cool because also it means that there's like this entire, I don't know, like group of people who must have had the career of keeping all of this infrastructure functioning. Yep. Yeah. Just like today. Right. Mm -hmm. Sanitation department. (laughs) Yes. Those who work in the sewers. It's actually, um, this came up in our class in the undergrad class a while ago, but um, we haven't got there yet, but when we do, um, <laughs> that, so, like, ancient Rome and such, um, they were so proud of their sewers, they were they were marvels of engineering. Mm-hmm. This is true of a lot of modern sewers as well, that people who clean them go down there, and they're really, some of the old ones that are still good are really ornately built. Um, and in Rome, they were finding um, statues of Hermes, or oh. busts, really. Busts of Hermes, which is a sort of Herms, right? Because Herms, Hermes, is the god of the crossroads. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's the traveler, right? He's a traveler god. He's a psychopomp, back and forth to the afterlife. Um, so he leads you to the afterlife. And, you know, he's a traveler. Yeah. That, his winged feet, right? The messenger. Um, and crossroads is one of the things he did. This was goes all the way back to Greece. Um, and, I mean, obviously, because in Rome, he's Mercury. Mm-hmm. But anyway... Um, and so this sense of sewers, right, as this kind of amazing <laughs> crossroads that were built that he would watch over, right? The travel of all this stuff. Nice. So today it would be like, oh, wastewater, drain water, sewage, right? But that it was, it was this marvel of engineering that you should be proud of and you would put Hermes down there to watch over it. Yeah. Um, anyway, some of the students brought this up and we sort of talked about it. <laughs> um, but it is, it's great. Yeah. Um. We talked about it also as a liminal space, but anyway. So, um, yeah, so this is, they are absolutely building this, right? Um, so the the bathrooms, um, which have the, again, right, so the toilets that you sort of pour water down to flush them and then it will drain out. Um, and there, there's a system of drains then, right? So the drains that connect um, sort of the bath and the kitchen and the toilets in the house, those connect into the, just like today, right? Connect into the right. big line that leads away from your house. Yeah. And then the line that leads away from your house feeds into the bigger sewer in the street. 
Right? Yeah. <laughs> if you own a house in, I don't know, I've never owned a house anywhere but Madison, but I imagine everybody has this, that you get letters from some company offering you insurance on that main waistline. Right. Which I think is probably a scam. Like, they're trying to yeah. about your car's extended warranty, but... Right, right. Because either stuff is covered under your house stuff or it's the city's job. Yeah. <laughs> right, Ho- at some point. Hopefully. What are the other? But, yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Um, so, um, the... So all of these were very carefully sort of... Um, these were brick. A lot of them, they were brick-lined. Mm-hmm. Um, and mostly were covered, certainly in the city, right? Were co- these were all covered. Um, so if you think also like gutters, right? Okay. Today, gutters sort of run along and then stuff flows into the sewer. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a little bit smaller. So if you think more like the gutter and the sewer are kind of a big pipe that's just covered, Right. And things run into it and then run off. Mm-hmm. So it's a kind of weeping system also. Okay. I guess is what we'd call it. Because um, it's also for, again, for drainage and flood water. I mean, I don't know, floods. But anyway, rainwater and stuff like that. Um, and then some of these would just sort of flow out to the city into sort of, you know, <laughs> they'd just stop eventually. Some of them would flow out kind of into septic tanks outside the city that would then be cleaned from time to time. Um, and there is a kind of sense that this is, you know, the beginning of kind of modern septic tanks, which Mm -hmm. is the other thing that you could have at your house. You could have a septic tank. Um, and in some houses, drainage water. So like from rain and stuff, you know, they had kind of gutters and eaves and it would pour off into a jar that would then. A rain barrel. Yeah. That would then offload into the drains. Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. And all of this would also, of course, help the flushing of everything out, right? That was sort of the point. Mm-hmm. Like, this is how things got flushed out of the city, right? Um, so the main sewer um, was about 1.5 meters deep and 91 centimeters across. Okay. Um, so that's and like connected three feet in diameter for those of us mm-hmm. who use non yes. metric units. Right. Which is. All, I mean, even if you're American, you got to use metric when you're measuring stuff like this or like <laughs> for your archaeological feet, study. Like it's buried five feet down. Yeah. Okay. So, um, yeah, so this is, and it's connected to all the sort of, you know, um, crisscross sewers. And this is the main one. Um, and it made from brick that are sort of, you know, brick smooth, joined, um, expert masonry kept it watertight. Mm-hmm. Um, and then... It sort of drops at regular intervals to make sure that it gets everything gets carried away, right? It's graded oh, essentially, okay. is what we would call it, yeah. <laughs> right? So it's pulling everything away downhill, yeah. Um, yep. All right. So here are some fun things. Um, there was were wooden screens at the end of some drains to hold back solid wastes that would then be cleaned out. Okay. Um, liquids. Entered a sort of cesspool um, made of bricks. Tunnels carried waste liquids um, to a main channel that sort of connected, in some cases, back into the river. But not everything went back into the river, right? That was important, Mm -hmm. of course. Like, so some sewage, that's where you got the septic tanks and holding back the, like, bigger waste, solid wastes, 
right? You didn't necessarily want that draining into a river, of course, as we know. Um, Do we know if they used any of that um, as fertilizer or anything? We do not know, but that would seem very likely, mm-hmm. right? Um, and then I'm sure they used it for something. I mean, that's that was true all the way through, again, like the Victorian period in England and even past. Um, Terry Pratchett has it in his books, right? Yes, there are. Um, yeah. There's still places. The night soil. Yeah, still places where it is done, which is, mm-hmm. I've been told, one of the reasons you, sh- you need to wash fruit that you buy um on the streets if you're in Aha. certain countries <laughs> right because let me tell you right i watched uh somebody get giardia you don't want that oh wow don't don't oh my gosh yeah you don't want that <laughs> nope 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 <laughs> um no i do wash things anyway generally but yes, yes. um but yes yeah, so um let's see so even if you were a you know ordinary person (laughs) like a super if you were working class basically um your house still had a bath with a drain um in this case it probably emptied into an underground jar um and that would sort of then you know enter the weeping system um the upper classes had private brick baths um with a network of drains okay yep this sounds very Um, comfortable honestly yeah, much, absolutely. I don't know about you. I honestly feel like if I had to fall back in time, I'd rather go somewhere with plumbing than electricity yes. necessarily, if I had to choose. That's fair. I mean, plumbing is important for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. And there, they even, like, if you're, if you had a second floor, if your bath and toilet were located on the second floor, then they were drained by vertical terracotta pipes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Um, also, they in bathrooms, in some cases, right, so some people had their fa- fancy brick baths, mm-hmm. but other people basically had showers where you'd have a water jar that would be filled and then you'd sort of tip it over yourself, which we had talked about. Um, like you would... And then that would you drain. You would put water in it before you used it, or was it like a, a reservoir yes. on the roof or something? Um, you could have that. Okay. Or you just fill it up from, like, a well or something. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, and the terracotta pipes would then drain it out. Um, and there, you can, you can go online and find pictures of these pipes. They're still, um, you know, <laughs> they're still, still holding up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and they're, basically, they look kind of like modern, um, spigot and socket sewer pipes. Hmm. Um, yeah. So, um... Finally, um, they did have, Harappa had a huge community bath, and um, this was also sort of, <laughs> um, you know, it had, like, stairs down into it and all sorts of stuff. Um, okay. Let's see, the tank um, was sort of a public water tank um, that they had for this. So, you know just like cities today have water tanks. Mm -hmm. Um, They had a water tank that measured um, 12 meters by 7 meters with a maximum depth of 2.4 meters. Okay. Yep. That's pretty good. Yep. Um, So, anyway. There we are. (laughs) Um, That's the Indus Valley 
4000 BCE. They knew what they were doing. Basically. Still the coolest. Yep. Um, Egypt, of course, relied on the Nile. I mean. Mostly. It's right there. <laughs> That's what they did. Um, they did have clay and copper pipes that they used to move water around um, for irrigation and for drainage and for things. But um, only the upper classes really had access to it. We don't, um, to be fair, probably haven't found as much of it. I mean, one of the problems with Egypt, interestingly, is the fact that people still live in a lot of the places yeah. where people have always lived. <laughs> That's something about Harappa, right? Is it was abandoned. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So there's this weird problem with Egypt where we know so much about certain things, like burials, right? Because nobody lives in graveyards. Like, people don't live in graveyards. But um, in cities, people do continue to live in cities. So uh, it can be hard to dig things up. So it's harder to know how ordinary people lived. But there are actually plumbing systems with, like, copper pipes that have been found in tombs. Okay. Um, it's a little unclear. I mean, maybe for the pharaoh in the afterlife or for the statues that accompany him or things like that. Mm -hmm. um, but it gives you a sense of the type of plumbing that they did have. Um, it's just that it's not maybe is clear how many people had access to that plumbing. Um, but, you know, they certainly also knew about plumbing and such. Um, however, we're going to skip to another civilization that has disappeared. <laughs> okay. Um, and that's the Minoans. Ooh. Yes. Um, so this is Crete, the Minoans, or largely Crete. I mean, that's where most of the evidence is today. Um, and... They're about 3500 to 1100 BCE. 1100 BCE, of course, being, um, as Homer would say, the fall of Troy. Uh -huh. <laughs> um, whatever it is that happened, right? It's the, one of the big collapses. It's one of the dark ages of history. Where sort of there's this thing the that happens. dark that, ages. Something. Yes, basically. Yeah. Um, and so what, what Homer then in 750 would look back at and think of as the fall of Troy. But there was like a huge sort of event that's not unlike, I mean, it's not what Homer describes, but <laughs> not unlike in some ways what Homer describes, a kind of world war of the, its time, mm -hmm. basically. Um, and it sort of shut everyone down for a few hundred years. So it wasn't so just then, that there was like some sort of, uh, what do you call it, like cataclysmic nat natural event, like, no, uh, we've heard no. about that, that volcano erupting in whatever, yeah, 500 Sarah. something, but... Yeah, Sarah slash Santorini. Yeah. yeah, but now we mm -hmm. know that this was like everybody overcommitted, I guess, to basically. A war. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there does seem to have been a kind of, you know, Mediterranean world war, which is what the Trojan War clearly is, right? Mm -hmm. um, and then everyone, you know, everything kind of went away for a while. Mm -hmm. You know, resources were lost. All this, and everyone had to rebuild. Um. And of course, what's left over at the end of it are these stories yeah. of Troy, essentially, which is then where Homer comes from. So we say yeah. it like it took them a while. It was longer than ten years, right? It, we weren't just waiting for Odysseus to get home to start things no. back up again. It was it was a while. It's about three hundred years. Okay, yeah, certainly two hundred, but really three hundred till we get about eight hundred is when things start coming back. <laughs> All right, yeah. Um. So yeah, it's a it's a big collapse. It's a big old collapse. Um, but 
the Minoans did leave a ton of stuff behind. And of course, their culture kind of continued in many ways through Greece. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I feel like we, so we didn't lose everything. Some but... of their gods getting transferred or getting picked yes. up. Yes. Especially yes. Um, Mithras or yeah. Dionysus. Maybe it was yep. Dionysus. Both. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All of them. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And the sort of funny... Um, the funny thing is that we don't know, we we know some about them, but we also don't know a lot about them. Okay. <laughs> um, and that's the problem, because everything we know about them is stuff we can then connect to other cultures, right? So then we can be like, oh yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, or, oh, this is where this person came from, we can recognize that. They don't, um, my, the Minoans don't happen to have one of those languages that we haven't deciphered. They They 100% do, yes. Uh, That's linear A. uh (laughs) I remember there were two linears, and I was like, we know one of them, which... Yes. But it's... Okay. Yes. Yeah, and linear A, we have not... Yeah. And it's a... It's really fascinating, actually. I... I don't know. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if it... I would think it'll happen in our lifetimes, actually. Mm -hmm. But, um... Yeah, linear B is Mycenaean Greek. Okay. Which is the earliest tested form of Greek, and that that we've got. <laughs> that we understand but because it's, it's Greek. Because we have Greek. It's a form of Greek. Yeah. Yeah. The problem is that linear A isn't, I mean, obviously, it's not a language yet that anyone has recognized or tied to another language. Mm-hmm. Um, or language group, even. I mean... You know, we're talking about people who would be like, well, is this an Indo-European language even, right? Mm-hmm. Well, if it's not, what could it be? No one has figured it out. <laughs> right. So, um, you know, it's just, it's sort of this really interesting um, aspect of, of Minoan culture that there are a lot of things we know and so many things we don't know. Yeah. Um, so we're really just waiting for someone to dig up, like, the Rosetta Stone that will have two parallel texts. Yes. So we can right. be like, oh, got it. Yeah, basically, yes. Um, particularly because, yeah, there's there are all these things, right, that you sort of recognize, and you'd be like, okay, this. But then it doesn't show up, um, you know, like like things um, jumping, jumping over the bull, right? Mm-hmm. The sort of, there are clearly these rituals that sort of show up later, but not quite. <laughs> And so it's just not exactly clear what's going on, right? So it's, it's like, so close, but not not quite. Um, but they were brilliant and amazing. I mean, there's a reason that their culture continued to permeate everything. There's a reason why the Greeks took what they could from it, um, which was a lot. I mean, they, you know, yeah. they took, I mean, yeah, anyway. Um, so this, a lot of this stuff comes particularly from Knossos course which is the palace is supposedly kind of you know the palace of midas right Mm -hmm. this is what it was called it looks like the labyrinth right but it's this incredible palace um and it had a really sort of complex system of sewers and drains okay um that passed through not only the whole palace but the neighboring districts you know of the city i guess um so the total length of the sewerage and drainage system um exceeds 150 meters okay um and the um 
so the source, the sort of sewer system and the sewerage system, um, you have, first off, right, um, underground sort of stone drains mm-hmm. that collected rainwater that was then sort of passed down through the drains. So again, right, this um, helped wash away the sewage that was also collected in the drains. Um, there were gutters to collect water from the roofs, right? So there was a sort of gutter system um, that sent it also probably in a lot of cases into the toilets, right? To sort of flush the toilets. Which they and also then had toilets. Into the drains. Yes. So they also had toilets. <laughs> um, and the most advanced drainage system that they found was actually in a villa. Um, and the um, this sort of system was actually, it's still there. Um, like it's still very clearly there and has been admired in the modern era by a lot of people. Okay. After it was uncovered in this villa. Um, and there was a writer in the early 20th century, I think, who was there during a heavy rain and noticed that the pipe still functioned. Oh. To carry away the rainwater. Um, he said, I doubt if there's any other storm, stormwater drainage system that works 4,000 years after its construction. Um, so, yeah, the Minoan plumbers. They build to last. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, yeah. And so, yes, in this case, again, right, we have, yeah, similarly, right, the sort of collecting of the rainwater, washing it through the sewers, Toilets, using it to wash the toilets, wash through the sewers. Yeah. And so um, through the palace, but then the, the drains also ran through some of the surrounding districts so that, you know, other houses could also be connected up. Um, but the fact that, right, it wasn't just even the palace and the districts around the palace. Mm-hmm. And it's not just Knossos, like other palaces as well seem to have had this, but even like this villa. <laughs> right. So you could build your own fancy home with your own fancy sewer system. Um. So they clearly, yeah, they had, (laughs) they had plumbers. I mean, they clearly sort of had, had the system. Yeah. Um, yay. So yeah, the, the Minoans, um, doing their thing. Hopefully one day we'll be able to read their language. Piece it together. Yeah. Um, which actually, interestingly, is also true for Harappa, right? The, uh, Indus Valley civilization. We don't. We don't read their language either. Yeah. Yeah. Um, start a new conspiracy theory that they are connected based on their plumbing. Yes. Like, <laughs> the yeah. Indus Valley people left and moved to uh, Crete and started a new civilization, but they brought their plumbing with them. Yeah. Well, um, the funny thing about, like, Minos um, as a legend... I mean, as a king, as a legend, um, and the Minoans, is that um, they're clearly one of the interesting things is like the Greeks. I mean, this is the problem, right? Because there was this collapse. Mm-hmm. So the Greeks got, there was a lot of stuff that they did get, right? That like Mycenaean Greek and so on did get. There's a lot that they clearly did take, they did get. But there also is clearly a lot that they also probably kind of guessed at. Mm hmm. Some things they may have thought they got from the Minoans that they didn't. Um, some things that they probably saw, you know. Um, so things like Minos and the Labyrinth um, are, 
you know, like that their theories, I mean, some people are like, well, it's just based on them sort of seeing this palace and being like, oh, it looks like a labyrinth. That's not exactly true, because these stories come from places, not just from people seeing something and making them up. But um, it is a really sort of interesting thing to think about the fact that, I don't know, what, like 2,700 years ago, <laughs> there was this culture who were pretty awesome, you know, the Greeks, and um, they knew that there had been this incredible civilization. They saw the ruins, they saw the pottery and the paintings and the frescoes and all this stuff. They knew that they had some of it, right? That there were things that they had gotten from this culture. Yes. But also, they clearly, there was this, you know, there was a lot of absence of knowledge about it as well, that they tried to mm -hmm. fill in the gaps. <laughs> Right? And you think about how we try to do that to all sorts of things today. Oh, yeah. Everything. Right? Yeah. But it's very funny to think about, like, it's sort of just very interesting to think about the Greeks also doing that mm -hmm. to the Minoans. <laughs> right? Like, we also don't understand the Minoans, but, like, the Greeks also had this problem. Right. They were so much closer. They took a lot of stuff from the Minoans, mm -hmm. but ultimately, if it hadn't come through to them already, they couldn't they also couldn't access it. Yeah. <laughs> and they were only a few hundred years away. So it's really, you know, I mean, Knowledge? if it were that easy, like yeah. someone would have deciphered linear A. But well. <laughs> it's like, but there's this, it's really interesting. Like when someone finally deciphers it, what will it have turned out to be? Mm -hmm. Like, who knows? Probably like birthday card <clears throat> messages or something. Right. <laughs> Yeah, but also, like, what type of language? If it's not mm -hmm. connected to anything oh, yeah. else that we recognize, right? That we don't... Where like, was it they from? could have migrated there from somewhere far away and yeah. kept parts of the language or something. Right. And there are people that they're clearly connected to, but not, but obviously not that connected to, mm -hmm. right? Because things, you know, sort of traveled from Egypt, the Phoenicians, the Minoans, the Mycenaeans, right? The classical Greeks. But obviously... That's culture traveling, not people. Right. But some of these peoples do have similar languages, like the Phoenicians, right? All, all that whole area in North Africa is Semitic. Mm -hmm. Those languages are mostly Semitic languages. You know, a Egyptian hieroglyphics, even though they're hard to read, is ultimately a Semitic language. Um, I mean, they're not hard to read now, but obviously when they were trying to decipher them. <laughs> yeah. Right. But, um, you know, I, I'm assuming that at least... No one can prove, obviously, that Linear A is, is a Semitic language. It is apparently not Greek, right? So what is it? Right. I mean, it's just this very interesting... Yeah. Um, but obviously, the Greeks did get a lot of stuff from them. <laughs> um, and, you know, I mean, plumbing and stuff like that. The Greeks didn't necessarily get it directly from the Minoans, but... Um, you know, it's a reminder that they they also came up with all of this. And it's not clear where they got it either. Hmm. You know, I mean, obviously, the Indus Valley, they, it, I think we can say they invented it because, sure. <laughs> like, they probably didn't get it from anywhere else. We certainly haven't found it. Right. Um, but the Minoans, it's a little unclear because mm -hmm. it's so complex. It's not clear that they... Got it from anywhere, necessarily. Yeah. We don't know. So did they der derive um, it from first principles, or... Perhaps, Did yeah. somebody bring it to them? Did they get some of it from Egypt and took it from there? It's not It's not clear. Yeah. Um, 
We can say, however, we're going to end with the Romans because, you know, seems fair. For ancient plumbing, this is where yes. we should end, is with the Romans. Um, the Romans, interestingly, even though they got everything else from the Greeks, <laughs> um, they really got their plumbing from the Etruscans. Okay. Where did the Etruscans get it? Eh, we don't know. But um, the Etruscans may have, may have made it up. But, um, yeah, so the Etruscans are the ones who really started the plumbing. Now, obviously, Roman architecture is amazing. Like, the Roman engineering... Oh, yeah. They, they knew their stuff, as Monty Python will point out. Um, great engineers. <laughs> but they did get their plumbing start from the Etruscans. You gotta start somewhere. Um, so, interestingly... Oh, once again, Wikipedia, by the way. I looked all this stuff, you know, because I was like, they gotta have fun articles on this, right? Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so Wikipedia has a whole sanitation in ancient Rome article. Um, and I think a whole separate article on... The Cloaca Maxima, which we'll discuss. The Etruscans built the first sewers in their areas um, around Rome and such, um, at least as early as 500 BCE. Okay. So you'll notice we are now, we've moved way past, you know, I mean, the Minoans were over in 1100. That was it. <laughs> um, 500 we BCE have now is also thoroughly. like well before the heyday of Rome, I think. Yes, this is the heyday of Athens. Yeah. So this Actually. is... Mm -hmm. This is very early by their standards. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Because and th that's the thing, right? So it's the Etruscans, not the Romans. Not, um, yeah, not the Greeks. Not the Greeks and not the Romans. Yeah. yeah. Not the Italian Romans, you know. Yeah. Because it's the Etruscans <laughs> who are still there. Um, oh, I see what you mean. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Um, so the Etruscans, um, leave behind a lot of plumbing, first of all. Okay. And the so Romans When you said they got, they got the plumbing from the Etruscans, I thought you meant they got the idea, but they also got some literal actual plumbing that was left yes. behind in what is now Italy. That yes. They well, left behind. I mean, the Romans conquered the Etruscans <laughs> and did what they always did, which was just Assimilate take them. what was there. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um... And so that is what happened. Yeah. So the Etruscans left all this plumbing. I mean, they had all this plumbing. They had plumbing. Yeah. And the Romans were like, aha, that seems we good. can do something with this. Yeah. Yep. So um, Etruscan plumbing, as seen at least as early as 500 BCE, um, was, again, <laughs> very complex and efficient. Uh, channeled rainwater. They had cisterns and wells for the collection of spring water for private houses um, and also for public facilities like baths and things okay. um so there's uh an etruscan town that's now of course you know in the outskirts of rome the city because you know that's how these things happen um but previously so now it's like uh, isola farnese in in rome but um etruscan town um they they had a huge network of sort of underground aqueducts Basically, okay. Um, fifty kilometers, fifty. That's five zero kilometers. Wow, I believe. Yeah, still remain. <laughs> so that's about thirty miles. Thirty-one. Yeah, miles. so they still still there, right? Um, all built between the ninth and fifth century, um, BCE. So, wow, yeah, um, which is very impressive, right? Mm -hmm. So. Up through 500, you know, from kind of the 9th to the 5th centuries, they are building all of this stuff. Right. Um, and the aqueducts 
so this is underground, right? So sewers, basically, right? Um, they're used to monitor water capacity during floods, um, to distribute water during droughts. Um, they had a system of floodgates and tunnels, artificial lakes, and wells. Okay. Yes. Um, so this is where we start to get into what we think of today, really, which is that you need a stockpile of water for <laughs> droughts, mm -hmm. right? Um, so you collect it and you keep it somewhere and you ration it out. So unlike a lot of systems um, where the water would just run, and this is ultimately what Rome is going to do as well, the right. water just runs, you know, right. like now That's we can turn off our taps. Fountains but... are the way they are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, in this case, right, they had ways of diverting it so that they could store it. Yeah. Okay. Um, creating artificial lakes, which, of course, we still do. <laughs> yep. Um, okay. So, Rome takes all this over as when they, you know, take over. Yeah. Um, they realize that this is great. Um, that this is, this is what you do when you have a city. Um, and they build... So we're going to talk about it. Who starts it? Again, it's unclear, actually. But the Cloaca Maxima, which, of course, is it means, like, really big sewer is what it means. Okay. <laughs> right? But um, Cloacina <laughs> is the goddess of cleansing, who might oh originally be Etruscan. Okay. Yeah. So it's her drain. I mean, her pipe. Her sewer? Yeah. Well, anyway... She watches so that's it. kind of who it's named for. But also, is she named for it? It's a little unclear. Is she older than it? Is she originally Etruscan? Also, questions abound. Who started building this thing? Mm -hmm. The Romans themselves, so talking about, you know, the Greeks trying to figure out what the Minoans were doing. And coming up with, like, Minos in his palace and um, his labyrinth and yeah. <laughs> Minotaurs, of course. Minotaur, right Minos's bull. Anyway, um, yeah, coming up with all that stuff. Well, the Romans, um, interestingly, were willing to credit the Etruscans with having started all this plumbing. And they had the idea that the Cloaca Maxima was started in 600 BCE okay. by Tarquinus Priscus, who was an Etruscan Roman king. So he was Etruscan, but he was a Roman king. Um, and the idea was that he may have started building it and that it it may originally have been open, so more okay. of an open aqueduct than a sewer, um, but it is ultimately closed up. It is huge, famously. You can see it online. Um, by the second century BCE, it was the main storm drain of Rome. It was 1,600 meters long, <laughs> okay. um, and it had a 101-meter canal. Um, that was specifically sort of a covered sewer, as we would think of it today. Um, Pliny, who of course famously dies in Vesuvius, right? Um, and maybe also Strabo, a few people seem to have said this. Did any of them really say it? Who knows? Anyway, um, said that you could drive a loaded a wagon loaded with hay through the Cloaca Maxima. Oh. Yeah. So a big wagon loaded with hay, which clearly means, like, that's a much higher... It was a lot you know, of clearance. Yes. Okay. So it's a really big... It's like saying you could drive a truck down it, basically. Okay. I mean, I guess more of a, a moderate SUV today. <laughs> it would be the size. But that's how big it is. You can see it, as I said. Like, it's still around. It's still working. Wow. 
it still drains rainwater for Rome. Okay. Yeah. Um, obviously, there are way more sewers now, but um, <laughs> but it does still drain rainwater for Rome today. Um, and it's it's quite big. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so they made this the main sewer. Um, by at least the second century CE, manholes were built to access it so it could be cleaned and so on. Um, by this point, Rome needed way more sewers and did build more. Um, but the Calica Maxima continued to mm-hmm. serve and, as I said, still does. Um, by the first century CE, there were at least 11 aqueducts supplying water to Rome. Okay. Um, and they would bring in the water, they would channel it right to fountains and to baths and to private houses if you were rich, and then they would take it off into the various sewers that would then connect up and carry it away. So you do have a sort of full-on kind of running water sewage system here. Um, one of the aqueducts, famously, um, that was constructed during the reign of Augustus still supplies Trevi Fountain, yes. which is why it's so famous. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's great. It's delicious. It's awesome. <laughs> yep. Um, and I always tell the story that the first time I was in Rome and I was sort of wandering around, I was looking at one of the fountains because you can drink out of them, you know, and um, and they have little spigots, you know, you're supposed to come and like put your water bottle up and mm-hmm. whatever. Um, and this guy, Italian, there are these two Italian guys in business suits sort of wandering around. Um, and one of them leans over, and like takes a drink and then they sort of head off. And as they're heading off, the guy says in Italian, he's like, Rome, it has the best water. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. I was like, that is hilarious. Yeah. But also, true. I mean, it's this sort of famous thing about Rome and its its springs and its aqueducts. They are yeah. so proud of their still... water. Yep. And it is good, mm-hmm. right? But it's also a reminder, I mean, they've been supplying clean water to their city for thousands of years. Yeah. Right? Which is way beyond what most modern cities... You'll notice, like, a lot of the things we've been talking about aren't in existence anymore. Even the ones that, like, still kind of work, right? Um, like, the sort of the, you know, palace at you know, um, or the, not the palace, but the villa, the Minoan villa. Um, it's not actually, like, it still works, but there's no one living in the villa today. Right. right? <laughs> um, but Rome, it is still functioning, right? These, some of these things are still functioning. So that is incredible. Um, yeah. So this is a city that has had clean water for thousands of years, which is a reminder that it can be done. Right. Yes. There's no reason we can't do it. <laughs> Cause it can be done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, um, so speaking of the baths, of course, we mentioned them last time, but I said we'd talk this time quickly about the plumbing. So this is how the baths get their plumbing. Um, Aqueducts bring in the water, and then underneath Rome's public baths, there is an elaborate series of pipes. Um, And there are, depending on the public bath, there can be usually like three rooms, um, which included sort of the hot room, so the hot bath, right? The cold room, cold water, sure. and then the, like, warm room. Um, sometimes there's also, like, a steam room mm-hmm. or a sort of hot, dry room. So they would do those as well. Um, but what they would do is very much like a modern water heater, right? So the water would be diverted off into a thing where it would be heated in a vessel, right? Okay. And then pipes would take it from there um, into the hot room. So, like, or like a- Thing, like a room. container yes, with a fire under it, basically. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, like a water heater. Okay. Right. 
Yep. Um, and then it would be... That's what mm-hmm. it is. Yep. And so then those pipes would take it off to the hot room. The warm room, of course, would be a mix of pipes from the cold, straight from the aqueduct, and the hot room. Mm-hmm. And then the cold room was just straight from the aqueduct. Um, yep. And then the steam room, of course, it would go... I mean, the, the moist steam room, similar again, right? You'd be in it and the water would be heated around you so it would be steamy oh okay (laughs) and you would be inside the room with the steam um and then the dry hot room it's just a room that would just be hot yeah yep they put a fire under it or something but um but yeah but anyway so Right, so the sort of elaborate system of pipes in the baths to get all of the different mm-hmm. rooms, and then finally the pipes that would carry it away afterwards and drain it back into the sewers. Yep. No wonder Rome so, thought they were the most awesome civilization. I know. Like, they had so much stuff. <laughs> yep. Very impressive. It is. I mean, yeah. And not, you know, when we sort of talked about baths last time, like, things haven't changed that much. We have chlorine now. Mm-hmm. Or salt water. Right. I mean, they could have used salt water, right? Yeah. They, I know. I don't know if they ever did. They were not into that, maybe. I mean, That's fine. it would not be... <laughs> I think probably the salt water in a pool is different from the amount of salt in the ocean. Oh, yeah, yeah, I yeah. Thought. But yeah. Um, also, they didn't have a germ theory of disease, so they have no reason to, like, want to kill right. germs or microbes. Exactly. Well, but also, their water's super clean. Right. I mean, to this day, right? Like, aqueducts, these are stone aqueducts. Even the ones that we said that sort of had the lead sheathing, either the water's moving fast enough or they're sort of covered in calcium deposits. Um, it's nice, clean water. Mm-hmm. So, you yeah. know, it gets dirty after everyone's been in it, and then it gets taken away. Right. <laughs> yeah. So there's something... It is. It's a really kind of interesting reminder that... Um, today, like, things are automated. Um, we have PVC pipes, you know, mm-hmm. but it's actually interesting, like, the, some of the early pipes, um, mentioning, like, the Indus Valley, um, that some of them, I think, were, like, sort of conical pipes that fitted into each other, mm-hmm. terracotta pipes, right? So they'd oh. sort of taper, right? It would fit into the next one that would come over and sort of taper. So it's the to make sure that they were kind of, yeah, watertight in that way. Um, I mean, it's a really sort of smart, yeah, you don't, you don't have to weld your pipes together, <laughs> which they weren't going to do anyway. <laughs> um, but yeah, there are all these sort of, sort of brilliant things. And again, a lot of them we do still use today. It's just maybe the tools are different. But honestly, like terracotta or clay sort of things can still be used for like weeping systems today. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I mean... You know, they do have modern fancy sort of things, but, um, yeah, it's just this sort of interesting reminder of how not as much has changed. Yeah. Like, <laughs> um, there's only so much you can kind of do, I guess, with water and pipes. So, like, the material of the pipes can change, and where your water's coming from, and the fact that it's purified, like, all those things can change. Mm-hmm. But the actual setup of the plumbing... That um, is basically, yeah. Basically yeah, a lot of it's same. very similar. um you know the mechanics of a modern toilet the fact that it automatically flushes when you push a button like those things are different obviously but um yeah there's this really there's just a sort of interesting um commentary about 
a lot of the things that we sort of think are part of modern life. All right. I think we're going to leave it there tonight. Uh, But thank you so much for talking to me. This has been great. I've learned so much. And it makes me feel a little bit better about all the times we've called a plumber for something I just didn't have strong enough hands to handle. Um, Yes. (laughs) Or also the time I wrenched a valve apart because I was impatient. (gasps) Don't do that. Anyway. It is an ancient and delicate art. Yes. Yes. Um, and thanks to our listeners for tuning in. If you enjoyed our show, you can uh, follow us on Facebook. You can check out our website, oh, no. which is askmedievalist.com. And you can send us an email. It's questions at askmedievalist.com. And next time, I think we're going to talk about plumbing from Rome until the year 500. Does that sound right? Yes, I mean, 1500. 15, yeah, 1500. We'll talk about plumbing from the year... Yes. Whatever, 400. But I didn't want to short the yeah. ancient yes. world because... Obviously. People should know. They have the... Yeah, yeah you should know. The ancient they have world great has plumbing. the best plumbing. Yes. Um, so we'll talk, we'll talk a little bit more about that next time. Um, so keep washing your hands, appreciate where that water comes from, and keep it medieval. Yes. Ask a Medievalist is a production of This Can't Be That Hard Studios and is not endorsed, acknowledged, or condoned by Virginia Commonwealth University or any of its constituent departments. Our theme music is Veni Veni Venias from Carmina Burana by Carl Orff, performed by the MIT Concert Choir and licensed under a Creative Commons Attributional Non-Commercial License version 3.0. If you enjoyed our podcast, please rate us and leave a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Also, why not tell a friend? For more on today's topic, including sources, annotations, and corrections, visit our website at www.askamedievalist.com. And if you have questions, feel free to drop us an email at questions at askamedievalist.com. Oh,